welcome back to our um, new episode of Escandalo Podcast. Um, I hope you all have been enjoying our content, our videos, um, uh, and you better because I'm the one doing the editing and it takes a lot of work. So if y'all ain't liking it, um, too bad because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. Shout but out anyway. to our editor, Erica. <laughs> Hey man, sometimes that shit is stressful because I think now it's been more stressful because of the video part, and that's something that I had to literally learn last time. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of new," so it's it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, so we're back today. Um, we are finishing up our round of hot seats. We're also going to be talking about a trip that Myra just recently took. Um, but first of all, let's, let's do a quick check-in. Um, how's everybody doing, um, since our last recording? How's life? I don't know what update anybody, I don't know what's, what's good. What's been going on? I mean, I think, I, I mean, aside from my work life, uh, my personal life is, it's okay. It's steady, but I, and I'm feeling happy. So today I feel happy. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you get to, you get to those winter blues and then spring's coming and you're like a whole new person. I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. real, though. On a side note, I feel like those winter blues are always real. Like, you always just feel more down, more, like, depressed, more like you want to be home, you want to see no one. And then when the sun comes out, spring is coming, you're like, <laughs> I want to go out and do stuff. So it's been good. Um, I actually did two Galentines. I know we talked about like our Valentines, but then I had like Galentines with uh, my coworkers and then some friends out here. And we did the thong exchange too. So we got thonga. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that for um, last time, but um, I just went to a Galentine like brunch yesterday, uh, but like Friday, no, Saturday. <laughs> I lost on my days and we did like a secret like galentine and we just gave out like thongs <laughs> that was a gift like a little gift basket we all had That's thongs funny. to give out they're so cute some of them were like super cute that's it next year i'm hosting galentine's day at my house so Bangas is doing it thongs exchange yeah yeah if you're listening send me a message that could include you on the invite because i really want to have a big ass party but I don't want to. Yeah. Do, I don't wear thongs. Oh, no, they're so comfortable. Thong. I, mean, I wear them. I wear them when I wear them like my work it, pants because I don't like the line showing. Uh, <laughs> That's you know. <laughs> Sometimes they do give you wedgies. <laughs> for my, What's going on? So underwear. Yeah. Huh? Is it for Myra? The uh, her ass eats underwear. <laughs> At the end of the day, you made yourself a thong. (laughs) My brother listens to this, so this is kind of (laughs) weird. Oh, you want to talk about weird? So another, so my coworker Galentine's, um, they gave they gave me a vibrator. (laughs) No way! What? (laughs) I was like, okay. Cool. Like that part of the exchange, or she should just surprise you with that one. Well, we did like a Galentine's like gift basket. We set oh, like a limit. They, they what they yeah, 
Yeah, okay. so we said, okay, include the thong, but also include, like, some, you know, the Galentine stuff or, you know, candies or matte face masks or something like that. And I was like, what's this? And I was like, ooh, it's, it's just like, I can't show it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-suitable. Um, but that's what I got. Here's your title, the one that you have, here's another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to describe. No, I can't. Just do it. Okay, is the one where is is the one where he uses it, where you put it on his on his eggplant. I'll tell you. Uh, Off camera. Pause. Let me go. Let me go. Send a picture of it. Send a picture of it. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the room. <laughs> want to be flagged on YouTube. Send a picture. <laughs> so I can see if I I'll like it. <laughs> she was, and then she was telling me too, like my coworker, she was like, yeah, like apparently Hustle, like Hollywood Hustle, whatever that place is called, um, they teach classes or they do like set, like seminars, like segments. So you could be, so you could learn more about like the products and the safe sex environment, like the safe sex of it. She says they do classes there um, every week or every month, and they do like toys and exchange, and they show you how to use it safely, you know. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should just go. Put <laughs> my way through. <laughs> send, send me the info. <laughs> I'll send you guys. But it's I when I saw, it, I was like, what's this hole? Like, what is this? Like, I was so confused. But I, I'll show it, and I'll, I'll take a video of it turning on, and like it's very like strong. So I was like, ooh. Hmm? Cause it has little, little bullets on the side. Marriage life, kind of spice <laughs> up that marriage life. <laughs> I want to comment it, on this topic, but I don't know if it's like too much or appropriate. Because mm-hmm. we were, yeah, my best friend and I were literally just talking about this yesterday, which was fucking hilarious. Um, but like, I mean, why is it so taboo, right? Because I mean, this is really, I mean, it's a part of people's sex lives, and it's not like people are like don't use these things, right? And so. I feel like for me, it hasn't always a little bit taboo because just because I don't know, I feel like I've always been a little bit more conservative when it comes to that part. Yeah. But um, it's interesting to like see how like you know I guess when I hear other people's stories and like what they use, and I'm just like, oh, like you saw all that? Like, eh, okay, girl, I see you. <laughs> Be showing their trunks. <laughs> Be showing their sex trunks popping out. <laughs> okay, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You- but i've been good um i i've just been chilling i literally just been working um i definitely am the um brought winter blues feeling um and it's funny that you mentioned that diana because like a few weeks ago i went to this um this what's it called vision board party and uh, they had a they had two speakers, and one of them she's like um uh, life kind of like a life coach, motivational coach, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And she was talking about how real like like your mood is attached to the seasons. And obviously, like here in Chicago, like um 
like a lot of people get uh seasonal depression or whatever because of the winter and so she was like it's very normal like if your body like your your body is naturally going to get tired and be more tired during the winter time because we're not getting as much sun it's just cold mm. outside and so um it's just you really just have to adjust yourself to the what pretty much to the seasons and mm-hmm. I don't think that's like talked about too often. I think people are, some people may think like, oh, people are just being lazy, but no, it's like, bitch, it's cold. Like during the winter time, it's a lot harder for people to wake up, especially like if you're a morning person that or like a person that goes to the gym in the morning, like me, like it's that much harder for me to get up in the mornings to go to the gym because it's like, Mm -hmm. who the fuck wants to go outside in 20 uh, or or, or minus 20, um, degree weather fuck no i want to be in bed in my blankets <laughs> bitch it's cold oh. the fuck? scraping uh, out the I snow like, yeah and i literally have not even been going out like that like i'm literally i'm like i, I have no social life like i'm in bed by like 10 10 o'clock and haven't really been going out lately because i'm just like i like there's who wants to be outside in this cold weather it's just it's just not for me call me when the summer starts then we'll talk but i can't do this this cold weather not for me yeah you know it's funny because i see i see obi kind of pick up on those um on like the seasons because now that it's sunny he's like outside all the time like he just wants to be outside and when it's cold he doesn't want to so like right now he's unbathing he's like i need that vitamin that vitamin d for sure yeah Mm -hmm. it does make a big difference it makes a huge difference Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what about you guys? Though. How are you I love the cold. Uh, sorry, if you hear sizzling, is that Albert's cooking a steak? Mm-hmm. So I'm about to eat that. Um, I was gonna say, I for me, I love the cold, but I think it's real because all last week I did not because I'm trying to go to the gym early in the morning just to do a little bit of cardio, but I did not get my ass up at all because I'm at the gym like at five in the morning. Um, because I have work, but dude, Damn. I couldn't. And then like when I get home, it's like dark, so I don't even. I was like, let's go do something. I'm like, can I just sleep? But I this is the first time I experienced it because I love the cold. But I think it's my work life balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, bro, you're actually waking up earlier than me. I need to. I need to be like you and be at the gym at five. I'm just. Right. I got some traffic. LA traffic ain't no joke. Hey, but Erica, I see those TikToks you're posting. I see you too. Hey, week seven. All right, girl. Yeah. And consistently, yeah. That's what's I'm up. tired. <laughs> like I'm fucking tired. <laughs> but I've been I've been noticing that I've been tired because I don't go to I haven't been consistent with my leaps. I, I really need to be going to bed before 10 if I want to because I actually want to wake up early like I want to be at the gym by 5 30 and I've been actually been going to the gym too late in the morning at least for me because um, I like to get my day started earlier just to feel more productive you know and so um but it's like I feel like because I've been consistently going to sleep like 10 10 30 it's been so much harder for me to like, try to go to bed earlier so I just need to I need to force myself to do it because um it helps honestly like I feel, and also, like, my eating hasn't been the best. Like, I haven't been adjusting my eating. So I just need to work on those two things because 
I feel like I have been working out these last couple of weeks, but I haven't really seen a lot, like any difference in regards to my weight. Um, so I need to change my eating habits. I just really need somebody to cook for me, y'all. Like I fucking hate cooking. I'm a lazy cook. <laughs> I just like that's the biggest part that I struggle with, but I, I'm gonna do better. I need to do better. over here and Ixia be eating good. Look at that. Look at that bite. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I actually got a cookbook. It's going to come in the mail tomorrow. And it's uh, for the PCOS. Because I have to start eating oh. healthy. I'm good. taking health classes from, from Kaiser every week. Because I may be eligible for the Ozempic um, insulin mm-hmm. resistance. Mm-hmm. You know the Ozempic, like the Kardashians use it to lose weight? But that's usually for like diabetics. Um, but since mm-hmm. mine could since my BMI is higher and um I could I could qualify because of my BMI and it could be the weight loss and you know in my PC it, it it's gonna probably maintain my PCOS, but I was reading a lot of articles and it's a lot of what we eat. So I just got a cookbook from it. So um I'm hoping that I really stick because the one thing is bad for me, like I don't stick to commitment like that. I mean I'm surprised I'm without my mm-hmm. wife for almost five years. <laughs> but my commitment <laughs> to the to food has been <laughs> commitment. I have issues with commitment. Committing yeah. to something consistently. Um but I, it's just really hard. And I think that yeah, Albert helps cook and everything, but I think that the cooking style will have to be different for me. So, because it was my PCOS, it's really hard for me to lose weight and stuff like that, even though if I really try my best. So, I'm going to healthy classes with Kaiser once a week. For, it'll be for seven weeks. I already did, I did one week already. So, I have mm-hmm. to follow up with the other ones. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm really, I'm trying to be committed. I'm trying to have hot girl so, summer. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, look at us. Wow. <laughs> Erica with, you're with her workout. I'm just kidding. Ixia with her new cookbook. Uh, I don't. I join <laughs> yoga. I'm doing yoga too. And then Maya, what are you doing? <laughs> Peloton. Peloton. Yeah, oh yeah, your Peloton. I forgot. You're doing your treadmill. Look at us. Hot girl, someone got nothing on us. And then after 30, like, it's really hard, too, to lose weight mm-hmm. because our metabolism slowers. So I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm fucked because I got PCOS. I'm fucked because I'm I'm 30 years old. And I'm fucked because I love my fucking tortillas and bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you bring that up because um, I actually, you know, the doctor has never, like, officially diagnosed me with PCOS, but I know that I'm, like, a borderline. And I like I've been seeing a lot of videos on TikTok about like diet, like you know, eating specifically for that. So I'm definitely gonna look into that because I know for me, because I feel like the last couple of years, like even when I did lose weight, I didn't lose the amount of weight that I wanted. And I'm just like I don't understand what I'm doing wrong because I'm working out. Uh, and this is be- this is like not now, but this is like before when I had lost a lot of weight. Um, I wasn't like I wasn't eating like super unhealthy, so like I know for me it's definitely hormonal. So I need to look into that because um, I'm the same. Like I love my carbs, I love my fucking like unhealthy snacks. Like ugh, so I need to do better with that. Um, 
it's just hard. Like, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, it's like, if I die tomorrow, at least I'm going to know that I died eating the food that I love, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Make sure I think my last... It. My last bite is a hot Cheeto. <laughs> hey, bitch, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. A girl loves her hot Cheetos. Hot Cheeto girl. No, you know, yeah. and I, I've, been, I've been talking a lot with my doctor. So she prescribed me to take McForman. And McForman is, I'm not diabetic, but I think it's because of my PCOS. Um, a lot, mm-hmm. it, it's like insulin resistance, but I'm not diabetic, which is so weird because I asked the doctor to explain that to me which i don't understand mm-hmm. um but yeah so i had to drink metformin but i don't like i don't like taking pills re- re- religiously because i get a lot of migraines so i already be popping like a lot of pills because of my headaches and i just don't want to mm-hmm. give that to my body but i have to drink to regular my regulate my periods because i don't i had like it was almost three months that i didn't get my period so when i get my period i celebrate yeah i celebrate like because i'm happy that i got it and, and, you know, it scares me because I'm getting older and, you know, Albert and I start talking about marriage or, like, kids in our future. Like, to me, it scares me. Like, and, you know, my family, like, presses on me about having kids. But I'm like, dude, if I could fucking pop up a farm, I fucking will, but I can't. You know? You know how many oopsies I had? Many. So it's like, <laughs> so I think that the the fear of, of that and it's a constant, it's a constant fear. So PCOS is, is no joke. Yeah, and, and she wants me to take uh, some pills to regulate my hormones, and I haven't even gone to go get them because I'm scared. I'm scared to drink those. I'm not gonna lie. So I want to do it the healthy way. So that's why for sure I'm trying to commit to the gym and trying to eat eat better because yeah, it's it's tough. But it's enough about me. <laughs> Don't you wish? Like I feel like. I don't know why I had this random thought earlier this week, but I was like, you know, I wish like the mentality that I had now about my health, like I had that mentality when I was in college because I didn't, or like even before college, right? Like I was never like conscious about like, oh, let me eat healthier or let me go to the gym. Like if you, if, if you told me to go to the, uh, to, to the gym when I was in college and I tried, when we were at CSUN, I tried going to their gym when we, when they opened that nice one up, uh, um, over there by the student union or whatever and I was like yes, mm-hmm. and I went like a few times but I think a lot of the, a lot of it was me for sure like I was like so like I don't know I was like so self-conscious I was like oh my god people are gonna judge me at the gym or whatever so like I only went a few times and then I just never went back and I was like I wish I would have committed to that and actually worked out because actually I gained the majority of my weight while we were at CSUN because all I was doing was fucking eating out and fucking going to the grab party and then drinking my ass off. So that shit, that shit was horrible. Um, and so I wish that I would have, you know, I wish I would have thought about that more back in the day, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah. But anyway, um, I know we want to get into um, Myra's trip. Um, she recently went to uh, Cancun on like a retreat for mental health professionals and um we want to hear more we want to hear how did it go what what was that experience like um super exciting for you to be able to have you know experience such a cool trip so like you know what was what was that like for you 
yeah were you like nervous were you like anxious before like leading up to it and like what made you actually like, sign up like oh you know what F it. I'm gonna do it um I think so we were we were actually in Can remember Erica you and I were at the beach that day in Cancun it was one of our last days there and I had told you like oh look there's this conference here in February and I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do it. You're like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I came home and I figured, like, I just read into it, right? Because it was one of the ladies, one of the psychologists that I follow, um, she's the one that kind of put it together. And yeah, I mean, I just decided to go. It was It was a conference on decolonizing therapy and, like, how to help like how to help with trauma right like to really focusing on gender like just trauma within our communities and it was for BIPOC clinicians um and so yeah so I went I, I almost didn't go like I had told some people that I worked with and then some of my like people from my cohort to go and nobody went and so I was like oh maybe I shouldn't go but I ended up going and I think it was like the best thing that I did like to be honest it was like an awesome experience for those of the people were you like nervous yeah yeah it was pretty scary no it wasn't scary it was just nerve-wracking <clears throat> to be alone i think it was just like being alone going alone and not knowing anybody there for those that may not understand what like decolonizing therapy means like can you explain that like what does that mean in the therapy profession I, I think, yes. I mean, I would love for, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that and just overall, like, you know, what you learned and took from that conference. Yeah. So decolonizing therapy really comes down to like how we, um, like psychology is very Western, right? It was made by people who like white men, white men developed all the theories, they developed everything, like the interventions. Mm -hmm. um, and even till this day, like white institutions develop the interventions and everything. And so really learning how to apply that to like cultures that are not Western. So like the Latino culture, the Asian culture, um, very collective cultures, right? Mm -hmm. um, and taking away like, like taking back like the, the things that our people used to do to heal, which there's a lot of stuff that we used to like mindfulness. It's like a Buddhist, it's a Buddhist and monk like um, practice, right? So it's not something that comes from like, like white culture. It's, it's Asian culture and Buddhist culture. And so um, kind of like talking about that and like how, tra how trauma, like systemic trauma, generational trauma, um, how all of that affects how we interact with people and just how we are and how people might be carrying that and they come into our offices and like seek help and like how to how to work with that um especially like the generational trauma because it was there was like the study that was shared where like people sorry I keep hearing like um my neighbor go back and forth with a little motorcycle yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I don't I can't no. hear it actually. Okay. It's kinda of, it's kind of annoying me. I don't know why. Anyways. <laughs> uh, 
how like people's people's trauma is embedded into like your genes like it affects your brain and your genetic makeup and so i was like wow like if you think about it when our families were colonized all that shit stuck to them and then it was passed on through the genes to your offspring and it keeps on going and going and going and now in present day like all of the situations that we've gone through through like racial like racial trauma and systemic trauma it's being passed down so that was really what it was focused on and how to help people um but i think the biggest part was like meeting like being in a room or rooms with people who look like you and like people who look like you but are also in the same field as you and have like similar if not more education than you and like have like a lot of people there i was just so surprised like i was like what the fuck you have your own business and you're doing consulting and you're doing like all this stuff like you're a doctor you're doing research at very prestigious universities and it's like damn you yeah. know like it was just it was and just, you just a get really motivated Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. It really is. Awesome. I think that that is so important because, you know, I think about just my experience of therapy and I feel like, you know, sometimes like, you know, when, when a therapist is trying to give you like certain, um, not solutions, right, but like ways to go about certain things, right? And it's crazy because I just recently, like a few weeks ago, I was on TikTok and I come across this, um, this girl, she's a Latina therapist as well. And she mentioned something that really had me thinking. Um, so she talks about like, um, like obviously in therapy, we talk a lot about like, um, um, boundary setting. Right. And so she mentioned something about like how, like, yeah, it can be easy for a therapist to say like, oh, well, you need to work on setting boundaries, right? But also like, what does that come with? Especially like when we come from cultures, like the Latino culture or um, the black culture, whichever, like where we're like, we have very strong family ties. And so like when we try to set those boundaries, like it can be very problematic, right? Because that could lead to us having strange family relationships. And then it's like, well, that really affects us a lot too because it's like well fuck to be honest like even though i don't have the healthiest or best relationship with my family like they're still my family right so how do i deal with setting healthy boundaries without i guess losing that community if that makes sense so when she kind of mentioned that i was like whoa like it had me thinking because I'm not going to lie for a while. I was like, man, fuck that shit. If that means me setting boundaries, like if I'm going to have my family, then I don't care. But I feel like lately I've been thinking more about like how important family is. And even though you're going to have your toxic parents or your toxic siblings or whatever the case is, like, I feel like it's better to at least have those conversations in the best way that you can and have them well i think it depends right on the severity of those relationships or how toxic they are um versus just like losing that community that you literally have had your whole life mm-hmm. and feeling lost in a way um so i don't know if you yeah. want to um kind of elaborate on that and like what your opinions are in regards to like boundary setting and, and families because i feel like that shit is it's hard 
Yeah, and that's what we talked about was like how when people like us who BIPOC folk who go to clinicians who don't understand maybe like how important family is mm-hmm. that you're doing them a disservice and even like it's very harmful for you to say like a hey, cut your family off mm-hmm. um because it could lead to increased like isolation and isolation within our culture is something that is not is not normal mm-hmm. and that yeah. could lead to like increased suicidal ideation and it could really lead to like pretty pretty significant mental health issues and so um yeah and that's what we were talking about right so like how do you decolonize that mentality because that is a very western mentality to think like if your family isn't working or if your family is super toxic completely remove yourself right and i feel like we've even like even like even at that conference thinking back to some of the stuff that we talked about with boundaries in our podcast I was like, maybe we should revisit that because that's not necessarily always healthy, especially for our our audience, right? And so, yeah. Yeah, and I think the biggest reason why I was thinking about it was because, like, you know, and mind you, maybe a uh, old girl should have gone. Watch well, me. I don't know if she would have been a fit, good fit for that conference, but uh, she who should not be named... Uh, Um, my old therapist, um, you know, we talked obviously a lot about like, you know, family and whatever. Right. And so I got to a point where I started to feel very frustrated because it's like, you know, you keep telling me and telling me and telling me like set boundaries or whatever, but it's like, it's, you know, maybe for you, it was easier for, to you, for you to like disconnect yourself from family and maybe you know, because she actually did share a lot with me about her family and like what she went through and it did sound like she had a very toxic relationship with her parents. So maybe in that sense, it was, it was best for her to do it. But like, that's not necessarily my experience. Like, yeah, um, my family isn't the healthiest, but also like, I feel like regardless, they, like my mom, for example, she's always been there for me when I needed some, some some type of support even if it wasn't like she wasn't happy about it all the time if that makes sense so I think like just thinking about those experiences I feel like now I've been more like you know conscious about like you know talking with my family and just talking things over instead of just being like no I don't want to talk to you because you're fucking toxic like no maybe that's not the best way to go about it so I think that it just it just really had me thinking after I watched that video. And I and I meant to send it to you guys or to you really specifically, Mara, but I never sent it to you and forgot. Maybe if I come across that girl again. Um but And I think and I think that like what you're saying, Erica, like you you set those boundaries with your mom by telling her, like, I don't if you're gonna tell me or you're gonna talk to me about my weight, don't call me. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's specific to what it is. But you still leave the door open and you're saying and like like you said, right, she's trying. But, and then I think about my relationship with my dad and my relationship with my dad is not like, he doesn't try. And so I've set those bounds, like I've come, I've tried to communicate that stuff to him, but he doesn't try. And so, and so then I'm like, you know, it's like, well, like what, what am I wrong for setting those boundaries? But then I'm like, uh, not really, because I feel like if he were to try, it would be a different story. And, and so I think it really just depends also on like the situation, right? Because like, 
because I don't want people to be hearing this and say like, okay, don't set boundaries with family members who are abusive, right? Because when family members are abusive, you need to set those boundaries. But I think it comes down to like people who are willing to receive those, those messages that you're sending out. Like your mom is willing to take that and say like, okay, maybe, maybe she doesn't express it, but the fact that she's trying, or maybe she's a little bit more conscious of how she's approaching you says that she is right. Yeah, I think you make a good point. It, it, I think no matter what, if we do try to set these boundaries, we don't know how the other person could react. And I think that's something also that needs to be talked about is like, I, I know I think that we think about that. It's like if I set these boundaries, are they going to, what What are they going to think about me? What are they going to say? And stuff like that. But I feel like sometimes you could, you could uh, set that. Sorry, <laughs> my dog is over here <laughs> rubbing her butt on the the floor and I was like wait what <laughs> oh sorry uh, <laughs> gotta go clean that no but I think it's just it's just really hard <laughs> I know sorry <laughs> no but I, I think that with setting boundaries for me and it, it, it is true like what it how does it look like what do you do and it's like uh these I'm sorry lady stop <laughs> sorry uh like for example my sister right uh, I have a sister that I always talk about her because I personally believe that she has victim-like mentality and, you know, maybe she might not think that, but I, I I, really do believe she does have that. So everything has to go her way. If not, she says, well, I've been through this, like, so I could think like this. So with, with Albert, it, it really hurt me when I had to set those boundaries. And then I didn't completely cut her off, but it was just like, I didn't interact so much. So my my boundaries with her was like, I didn't interact so much with her. So, uh, mm-hmm. and and I feel bad because that, that means that I would invite some of my sisters over, but I wouldn't invite her. And it was because I was hurt. And I realized that I was wrong with that. But, you know, even though we talked about it little by little now, it's just like, okay, she knows where I stand. And I feel like I had to kind of be mean about it to set those boundaries. And now it's like, she's more respectful towards my relationship. She's more like... I don't know. Like, it, it's just, she's more respectful. And that's, yeah. that's what I wanted. But it's just like, don't talk about, like, I, I don't know. It was just like, don't, don't be mean about it, you know? So, yeah. And, and I wouldn't even say that you weren't necessarily being mean. It's just like, you had to, I guess, maybe switch the tone a little bit, right? In order for her yeah. to be like, to really understand, like, hey, like, this is important for me. And if you can't respect that, then, you know, then we're going to have to, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I feel like, um, I think that's one of the biggest things where like, we are always feeling like bad about you saying certain things or, or the way that we say it. But it's like, at a point it's like, well, I'm sorry, but I tried saying it another way and you were hearing me. So if I sound like a bitch, then so be it. But um, I tried communicating it in a nice way and you didn't like that. So I'm going to have to say it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Diane, I know you talked about your marriage early. I, I don't know, it was this podcast early on, but like you moving away mm-hmm. for the first time. And mm-hmm. I remember it was so hard on you because you had to set those boundaries with your sister and your husband as well. Yeah. Right. It was like, oh, because of his race, he got money. But it's it was just like, 
I remember it was really hard for you and you kind of had to set the tone too. And I think that family, I mean, sorry to put you out there, but it just reminds me of of that too. You know, it's like, you don't want to choose sides, but in this case, it's like, what's, what's peaceful to you. You need to be at peace with Mm -hmm. yourself. And and that's where the backlash happens. Like you're being selfish. And it's like, I'm not being, I'm being selfish because I'm choosing me first, you know? And I think that that's the the backlash that you also get. And I think that, I think that all of these are like examples of like you guys stating or you all stating like this is what I like this is what I want or what I need right now from you all as my family mm-hmm. and they and they're making the effort to change right yeah and it's different when people and you're not cutting them off because you're allowing them to be in your life with that change like like you know like hey you the way you're acting is hurting me can you please do something different it really is what mm-hmm. it comes down to and they're saying like okay and they change it and now they're you know and now they're they're able to be back in your life so it's not like it's and it's not even like it was a complete cut off you know and I think that's what sometimes people or therapists come off as is like a boundary is cutting somebody off but it's really it's like a limit right like hey this is more what I feel comfortable with and if not then no but I think and and I think this is what the whole point of the conference was is right like these interventions might be good with people. They might be appropriate, right? Like cutting somebody off might be culturally appropriate mm-hmm. for non-collective cultures, but for our culture, it's not because mm-hmm. you're going to do us harm. And, and yeah. it is, it's very harmful. And I mean, like going back to my example, like with my dad, like that boundary that I had to have with him, although it did me really well, it also was like really difficult for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Was there like a segment that you like really enjoyed? Yeah, I feel like the whole conference was great. Like, I honestly, so the, you, you guys remember the, what's it called? The keynote speaker at my graduation for Pepperdine? Yeah. Dr. Thema, uh-huh. American woman. Well, uh-huh. she's not, she's now the president of the American Psychological Association, right? So she's oh, like what? the president of the National Association for Psychology in America. So she went to the conference and she did, um, she did like her keynote speaker thing. Mm -hmm. And so I only, so I, I ended up meeting with, um, Adriana, our sorority sister from Sacramento. She's way older than us. But anyway, so um, I had lunch with her and I met like we all like a group of people were there and like we just hung out or whatever. And then we went back to this keynote thing and there was this guy that I had met, right? This well, this person that I had met that um, was from across the country and they were so Dr. Thema was like talking about doing her little thing, like her speech. And then she's like, if you, it was all about like collective, all the collective, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. there. So um, she's like, all of your guys's like ancestors got together to bring you here today. And we're like, okay. Right. So she's like, if you feel like um, if you're going through something difficult right now, then come up, right. We're going to have like this moment for you. And I was like, and this person that was sitting next to me, right? This, they were like, you should go, you should go. And I don't know how they felt the, like, my hesitancy, mm-hmm. but I was like, what? Like, and then they were like, yeah, go, go. I'm like, okay, okay. So I go up, right? 
Yeah. And before, and I think I shared this story with you guys, right? In the group, yeah. So before I went, I felt like very, I was very burnt out by work. Like I was super, I didn't even want to go. I almost didn't even go. Like I almost canceled the trip. Um, because I just felt like, so I don't know how to explain it. Like I felt so heavy, like hopeless about it. Like what's the point? Uh And then, so I go there, right. And nobody knew when I was there, nobody knew. I didn't have the time to talk to people about it. Right. So then they're like, uh, Dr. Thamer was like, okay, well, if you're in the audience, I want you, I want your ancestors to let you send a message to somebody up here. So I was like standing there, whatever. Right. And then I started crying because it was just so emotional and the energy there was just so different. It was, it was a really good experience. And then, um, this, this, this other lady that was there walks up to me and she says, like, she whispers a word in my in my ear, and then I just, like, bawl. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, how did you know? She whispered radiate. And I was like, and when I got there, I felt, like, so dull. Like, I just uh-huh. felt like, I don't know. I felt not, I don't, it was a weird experience. And so then I, like, was walking back, and she looked back at me, and I'm like, can I give you a hug? And she's like, yeah. And then she, we started crying together. And I'm getting uh-huh. teary-eyed just thinking about it because it was such a thing, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. It was a good... Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love that you had that because you needed you needed that and I felt yeah. like I'm very happy that you went. Because I just I just I mean from when we talk I know sometimes work life balance is so hard and you know mm-hmm. it, it kind of questions you for what you what you studied with your morals, you know, the ethic and everything. And I feel like that just kind of reassured that you're supposed to be there. That's what you're, yeah. you were called yeah. to do for our people. Probably because you're questioning your, your yeah. career path. Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Is this, is this what I'm meant to do? And you go in there getting yeah. a reassurance, right? And even like, even before that, like I, I told you guys too, that I sent that message out to my family, right? Because mm-hmm. I was getting like so upset that everybody was like talking about like, asking for me but nobody would come talk to me and I think that like for the longest like I've been thinking about this conference and like what I got from it for for a really long time and I feel like that was more than just oh my god I can't believe I'm crying (laughs) no my let it out you're good you're in a safe space (laughs) yes that was more than just like my role as a clinician like I feel like that was my role too within Mm -hmm. i feel like my relationship with my dad has really dulled my shine for various reasons right because he's the kind of person that will go ahead and like like he'll critique you he was very like judgmental about things growing up and i think like now looking back at it like Mm -hmm. i couldn't be myself like i couldn't be myself i couldn't talk about things that i wanted to do and that to me was more than just my career. Like it was, mm-hmm. I think. It was like a huge experience. Yeah. I really, I really feel like that was my grandma. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> that's yeah, very felt it. That's, yeah. And there's reasons yeah, why you so- do things too. Yeah. And this was yeah. your reason. My reason 
Yeah. Do you think that also it was tough because I know that when we were in the sorority, family was like everything, right? Like the camp, the annual camping trips, the getting together for the mm-hmm. holidays, and then like you moved to Japan and people and your family was like, well, you live far, you know. And then now that you're in the back in the states, that you're just a couple hours away, you know. You do you think that that this the like kind of separating from your dad also like came with your family? Yeah, yeah, and I um, and that's what I told them in like that text message. I was like, this, the me not talking to my dad and choosing not to talk to him has nothing to do with you all. It has, it, and it doesn't mean that you're not welcome in my life, right? And so I think, and I think that's what it, I, I think that's a big piece because I, I have, I haven't been, I mm-hmm. haven't felt comfortable to go to places where he's there i don't want to be where he's at um yeah because yeah but it comes with a lot of consequences right it comes with people saying like why isn't she coming around it comes with people talking behind my back i'm sure that that um it comes from it comes with criticism from my theas like but that's your dad well yeah but he's also been not that great of a person like uh-huh. you know and i don't know so yeah i feel like it comes with a lot and i'm choosing to do it because i know it's the best like the best for me and my emotional well-being because he's not going to change yeah he's not going to change so and then oh, i'm just so happy glad you went though like too. hearing you yeah and hearing you talk about it, like in our in our group chat like you just felt so like at peace and you could tell like yeah. that glow and I you were gl- I, yeah you could tell that you were just like glowing with like excitement and reassurance and it was just yeah. amazing for you yeah. do, do you think that these emotions are also coming at you because you're gonna you guys are gonna be stationed in san diego again and you're getting closer to family uh i don't think so i feel like i'm excited to go back i'm excited to go back and be like be able to be like within driving distance to my brothers I feel like that I'm really excited about and I think that it's more of like me just kind of processing everything that I've been through and I feel like it I feel like and this goes back to like abusive relationships are not just physically right like I like I look back and my dad was very manipulative very manipulative and he still is very manipulative and he's verbally abusive and I've seen the way that he is with my brothers and and so I think that's what it comes down. Like I'm, it's finally all coming. Like, like I'm processing it, right? I'm like thinking about it, and I'm processing it, and and it's just like it's all kind of clicking. And I think that's what it is. And I think that it came from that retreat, like just being like that conference, being able to be around people and really let my guard down about these things, right? Because there was a lot of stuff that we all talked about and everybody was so vulnerable, like so vulnerable. Like even with the, there was like an, um, there was a, a session on, on how trauma, like systemic trauma affects men, BIPOC men and boys and like the rates of suicide with BIPOC men and boys. And all I could think about is like my brothers, like, you know, and like our family members, like, why, why are we, and why can't, why don't they feel like they can talk about these things? Like what, yeah. what are we teaching? 
our men and boys to do like mm -hmm. you know yeah mm -hmm. no and i i think about that all the time just because um i think there still has been a lack of of uh more men in our culture right like going or seeking help seeking therapy because it's not normalized like for whatever reason it's, it seemed it has seemed more normalized among women in general not just in latina or in the latino culture but just in general but like for men like it's very i haven't really met too many men that have talked about therapy or going to therapy or saying like hey maybe i need like i have never met a man like that and we need to like it, it, it i think it's just because again it's like um it's like there's a stigma on it right because yeah. men are like they they tell them oh well you need to man up you can't you know men don't show emotion the men don't do this men don't do that um but i mean I, I mean, we see the effects of it. I mean, just in, in the parenting, the way that pa parents are, you know, like when they become parents, they can't be healthy parents because they never learned, they were never loved. Like, I don't want to get too, too, too sidetracked, but um, I, so I just recently started a position as a restorative practice coach as well. So I'm doing that along with my real estate stuff. And so my job is like coaching um, teachers and staff at uh, certain Chicago public schools on like how to implement more restorative practices um, into the classroom and shit like that, right? So my first training just took place a few days ago and um, I started the conversation with this video about empathy. I don't know if you guys have seen this video. It's the speaker, her name is Brene Brown or something. And she just talks about like the difference between empathy and sympathy or whatever. But anyway, it was a good starter. And so it got the teachers talking and one of the he's the vice principal at the school and he was just talking about his, how his experience and then a dean the dean mentioned he was like you know i feel like i've been more intentional about like how i greet my students so like my goal lately has been to like approach 12 different students daily and give them a hug you know just to kind of give them some like to let them know that i'm here and so then teachers started to kind of talk about like, oh, I don't know about we feel comfortable about that. So he was like, well, you know, it's not for everybody, but that's just the way that I do it. And so then the vice principal says, mm -hmm. he was like, well, yeah, you know, I don't think that's something that I would feel comfortable with because when I was younger, I never hugged my dad. And I was just like, wow, like you're a 50 something year old man that has never, has never had any affection with his parents, more specifically with his dad. And we already know how much like, especially for boys, how much it affects when they don't have that affection or emotional connection with their father. So it just had me thinking yeah. like, you know, this is beyond just you're a good or bad teacher or staff. This is more of you, like when what you've been through and what you have in process. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's heavy shit, but like, it's just, it just really has me thinking like, what can we do? <laughs> to do like a collective healing like i feel like we need like a fucking wave of energy that just heals us right. like, next like year we're going to that conference yeah. <laughs> we're all do it i was like honestly i would be down to go with you because it just sounds like like it's such a healing experience and it's like mm -hmm. not even just about your profession it's just about you as a person you know and i think mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of yeah yeah and 
and like going back to decolonizing therapy, like before we used to do individual therapy, our people were doing collective healing circles. Like they would get together and they would do something to help that other person heal. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, yeah. And it, and it's great. Like a lot of the trainings, they were things that I kind of already knew, but I think being able to connect with people who are on the same wavelength in terms of like how to help community and how to have community is where it really is. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, next year, Erica, we're going to Jamaica and we'll be there. So if you want to come through, come through. I'm down, D. I'm down. I wish I had one for a couple. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then we'll stay an extra night or two. Yeah. To party it up in Jamaica. Uh, oh, no, oh, see, like it's very exciting that you did that. Yeah, virtual hug. Like I just, I Shay, you made me a little bit emotional just like you know listening to you. But um, thank you for sharing because I feel like it's uh, it's such a um, I don't know. It just like has it's just something that just has you know has you thinking um. But I know we're doing you on the hot seat. Um, so I don't know if anybody else has any other questions for Myra aside from what we talked about. I think we should postpone it because Ixia's in the car and that's kind of... <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I just had this date plan and we have to be there at a certain time. And But I think that... I think Myra, like, with the hot seat and it, like, I think you were in the hot seat already. I think this, yeah. this episode was your hot seat. <laughs> this episode was your hot seat. <laughs> yeah honestly yeah. like you just gave us so much intake about yeah. that conference and it's yeah. like oh my gosh mm-hmm. next time recording for that <laughs> yeah you should I, I i think that it just helped you spiritually and emotionally and i feel like that's what therapy is it's a food for your soul yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. all right well my well, I- last thoughts about not just the conference, but just in, in general, like, I don't know. Any, any um, no, I guess just take care of yourself. Yeah. Everybody just take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My, also, my intake uh, is this, go to therapy. <laughs> let me, let me sign up for therapy right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they have, I'm probably gonna have don't they have therapy, therapy. Um, online now? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to go in person anymore. Yeah, telehealth. Telehealth, there you go. I knew that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's good, though. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm with Diana. I think everybody, like, everybody needs therapy. And um, um, even if you don't want to take that step, like, reach out to somebody and talk and just talk. I feel like just like talking about stuff like is already healing in itself. And I feel like um, a lot of us do a lot of like, we just hold so much in and that just, that makes it even worse. <laughs> you know, just not mm-hmm. even things and topics and stuff. So, yeah. 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 But thank you so much, Myra, for sharing because I think, um, yeah, it was just, it was just really interesting to hear your, your experience and, um, like I said, I'm there. I'm there next year, so I'm already planning for it. <laughs> maybe, right, guys, maybe. well, I think we're pretty much out of time, but thank you for tuning in. 
And as always, make sure that you follow us on social media, the Assemble Podcast, the Assemble Pod on Twitter. Um, and then we're also on YouTube now, so you're going to be uh, seeing us on there. And um, don't forget to reach out to us. And, like, you know, if you guys have any other suggestions, any comments, or if you want to uh, come on board and, and be a guest. Um, as a matter of fact, that right now that we talked about this, I would I, I feel like our next one should like we should bring a we need we need a man on our podcast. We need, I want to I want to interview a, a male guest and just you know pick mm-hmm. your So I I have one in mind that we could invite. Yeah, so we need to we need to start preparing for that because I definitely want to start um you know talking to other people but and give our listeners some some other things to listen to so but thank you guys for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next time bye